Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Everybody and welcome to Active Quest episode 17. I'm your host, Joseph Yaden, and today I am with Josh Nichols. Hello. Hello, Joseph. How are things, Josh? Oh, they are good. I'm drinking a berry LaCroix right now, and it is delicious. Oh my god, I have, let's see, I have, what flavor am I drinking? Orange, natural oh, dude, orange. Orange and tangerine are like my favorites. They're great. <laughs> and I am also with Chris Penwell. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the LaCroix podcast. <laughs> the LaCroix cast, yeah. And today is a very special episode, and I don't just throw this word special around lightly. Today is actually a special episode because we have a special guest today, uh, and that is Grayson Morales. Did I say that correctly, Grayson? Yes, yes, that is correct, just like Miles Morales. Nice. Yes, exactly, and, and you are the new features editor at Twinfinite, so congratulations yes. on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, and um, and you know we actually have a little bit of history because we I used to work with you at Twinfinite back in the day, like a few months ago, like that, like last year, <laughs> and, back in the eighty four years ago. Yeah, yeah, eighty. It's been eighty four years. Yeah, yeah. And and you were awesome, man. You really helped me out, and that was sort of my like first real like gig doing games journalism. And I just you were so helpful, and I really am appreciative of that. So thank you for that, and congratulations on the new position. Um, oh, thank you. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're, we have you on the show today. Number one, because you know you, you know your shit. <laughs> and but number two, you were just at PAX recently, and you got to play a bunch of games, right? Oh yeah, I played some awesome stuff. Like, cool. I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, you. yeah. Oh. So, so, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little later on, and then also you've just jumped into Sekiro, and. Yeah. As someone who maybe you're not really as into the Souls games, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This is sort of one that has clicked for you. Have you? Can you say that that it's clicked for you? Yeah, definitely the first Soulsborne game that I've played for more than like an hour. Okay, and I'm actually, like really, really cool. enjoying it. Yeah, and so I, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that from the perspective of someone like this is kind of your first like one that you've gotten into. So that's kind of interesting because yeah. a lot of people, they've played all the Soulsborne games and this is like just another one that they've played. So that'll be interesting too. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we have a ton of news to go over. Um, obviously, Kotaku published that crazy piece about the, you know, everything that went wrong uh, with Anthem. With yeah, Anthem. Yeah, Jason yeah. Schreier, man, killing it. Um, 
And then, so there's a whole bunch of other stuff. We got some new dates, of course. Uh, the, we, I love the the Best Buy listings with all these Nintendo Switch games that may or may not be accurate, so we'll get into that. Uh, as well as Nintendo and VR, so we'll talk about that too. And then we'll close the show with uh, what we've been playing. I know, uh, Chris, you've been playing a couple interesting games, and then... And then I know, uh, Grayson, you reviewed uh, Yoshi for Twinfinite, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So maybe you guys can talk a little bit about that. I still haven't played it, unfortunately. So so we'll have to maybe talk about that. Uh, I'll have to talk about it at a later date, but you guys can get into that today. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some news first here. Let's uh, start the show with <laughs> just that wild Kotaku piece um, about uh, Anthem and Bioware. So did you guys all get a chance to, to look at the article and, and just sort of take oh, all that yeah, in? Oh yeah, dude. So I refreshed like a couple different game news sites at work just throughout the day to and, you know read stuff. And like when that popped up, I literally sat for my chair and was like, Jason Schreier, yeah. deep dive, let's go. I was so excited <laughs> and it was great. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and man, that it's a, I think a really long piece. It's like eleven thousand words or something. Holy shit. Yeah, it reminded very, me of his Andromeda piece, which was equally interesting. Like everybody is yeah. really quick to like think like, oh, I know, like you don't need to speculate why Andromeda was rough. Like he goes into it. You yeah. Know? Well, and it's a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll get we'll get into it here. So I think part uh part of the problem is, and this is like one of the main issues is just this sort of misdirection. Mm. And after Casey Hudson left, I know uh, the team was just sort of like, well, what do we do exactly? What do now? And I, yeah, what do, and I know they were like uh, in the article that it talks about how there were meetings and then people weren't very, cl- like the managers weren't very clear with what they wanted. They were like, yeah, I mm. guess do some flying or whatever. They needed somebody to say and, this. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And so it was a lot of just like, uh, do what do we do we just okay let's just try to do this okay that's not working well i don't know what i'm supposed to do and it's so interesting because the game started out as almost like a the way it's described as like a uh like a survival game sort of with you know maybe a little bit of exploration and something like that and what it turned into is just totally different this like loot shooter game that's you know like a destiny or i was gonna say since you said that one thing that stuck out to me was while they were developing it they weren't supposed to say the words destiny or division like, they weren't oh, supposed yeah. to... That was, like, a thing. Like, it was a big no-no. Like, do not make any comparisons to these two games. We're doing this. And it's like... Right. They were saying it would have benefited from that because we could have avoided the same mistakes and also... Well, and it wasn't... I don't think it was supposed to be that in the first yeah, place. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's probably where that originated I think from. it turned into mm-hmm. that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, then there was a section in there that was really striking to me. And it was um, around the launch of Dragon Age Inquisition. And there was this section, and it said something to the effect of, like, we were hoping that, that Dragon Age Inquisition would fail because be, because it would sort of um, give evidence that the way that they're developing these games is not oh, yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. But, but unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, it did really well. Dragon Age ended up being yeah. Game of the Year that year, and it got a lot of awards and all this stuff. And so from a management perspective or from, like, a, I guess, publisher perspective, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, so it got Game of the Year, it did well, it Let's sold keep well. doing things do this that way. Yeah. Let's do that again. Yeah. And then and then all the staff was just like, you know... The people are working these, like, 60-hour weeks, and yeah. they kind of wanted it to... They, they wanted it to do bad because they wanted people to see, like, hey, crunch yeah, isn't crunch good. Yeah, crunch isn't good. People exactly. need breaks from work. People need to go home to their families. So right. The game did well, so it's like, well, crunch is good. You're, yep. you're all going to work this, eighty this, hour weeks with exactly. no extra pay, and 
and it, and it just so, and like there were a lot of there were a lot of people who were just like yeah. like depressed or like having like mental breakdowns. There were people that, that had stuff. to take like stress leave. Yeah, like numerous times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like seeing these people go on a one month leave for uh, mental health uh, within like uh, intense uh, industry of like development, right? Like that was striking to me. I'm assuming that was in Canada because in America we don't get to go home for stress. We just, Mm -hmm. we have to stay (laughs) away. Yeah, I think think that actually is true. Yeah. Um, And so it's just, it's just a very interesting piece. And one of the other things that I, that I thought was interesting too was um, a lot of developers uh, messaged Jason Schreier afterwards and said, hey, you know, love your piece, whatever. And if you just take Bioware's name out of the article and replace it with my studio's name, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, it would be the same. Fuck. And so it's sort of this interesting thing of like, you know, yes, he's highlighting uh, Bioware and Anthem, but really it could go for a lot of development studios. Like I know Rockstar yep. is notorious for their crunch. Um, uh, Naughty Dog, of course, with Uncharted 4. And The Last of Us. Yeah, this. Uncharted 4 yeah. is especially, though. Yeah, so it's just... It, it, the development side of the the video game industry is just so odd because yes there are all these fantastic games and like you know they're amazing like really i mean look at all these games we've been getting but a lot of the working conditions are unhealthy and so how do you change that and still get this awesome product that we're We're gonna like have another crash but not in the same sense as we had back in the day with like atari but like any like on, on a on a a triple a level where like this isn't sustainable you know like the companies aren't going to go under but like they're going to have trouble keeping these studios full because like this isn't healthy yeah (laughs) uh, i was gonna say uh one thing about bioware is that all these developers that uh were known for their work on dragon age and uh, bioware's most prolific titles have left yeah well because they're like i don't have to deal with this i don't have to do this yeah (laughs) yeah so so what were you gonna say grayson Oh, yeah, I'm saying, like, there's just been an influx of AAA titles in the past few years, and it's just getting to a point where it's too much for us as consumers and as, like, critics, and we don't have time yeah, to play these it's... games, and, and they're opening up um, more and more studios and hiring more and more people to make more and more of these games, and it's just, like, it's a lot, and they're trying to become, like, trying to become, like, that's, movies, yeah. like, having blockbusters. That's a great point, but yeah, like, because, like, okay, say, like, in a two-week span, like, four AAA games can come out. Well, yeah. we only have they're one. They're all good. Yeah, but, and they're all good, yeah. right? And we only have one set of $60, so, like, we just have to pick or one even, of them, Or even right? time. Like, I used, I used to just buy everything I wanted to play as soon as it came out, but then I finally was, like, I'm opening up games that I bought that are, like, still in the shrink wrap months later. I need to stop. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. I don't buy a game until I'm like, I'm going to play this now or it's on sale and I'm going to play it like, you know, soon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we can't play all these games anyway. So like, guys, slow down, take your time. And in fact, stop doing 70 hour games. You know, it'd be really cool. Uh, Days Gone's rumored to be like 20 or 30 hours tops. Like that sounds great. Yeah. You know, I'm excited for that length. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's just an interesting piece, and and you know shout out to Kotaku and Jason Schreier for the reporting he did on that. I think that was a one of his best pieces, and he got a lot of attention for it. And it's just great to to sort of shed light on that. And I hope something comes of it. You know, like something changes in the industry because it's, yeah, it's very unhealthy the way that a lot of these games. Oh are oh oh! I almost forgot one thing. I wanted to highlight too. Uh, the, when there was that consolidation from the studios you know there used to be like multiple branches of bioware and like there still is is in terms of location but it kind of turned into a we're one bioware now you know as far as uh development goes and the team in austin texas who is most famously known for uh star wars the old republic 
which did have mm-hmm. some, you know, some rocky spots here and there. But overall, people enjoy and like that game, from what I understand. My right. brother-in-law plays it a lot, and likes. He's played it since launch. Um, they were having a hard time. Uh, they were trying to explain to the uh, kind of the other uh, branch in, um, uh, in in Canada, um, I, I, Ed, Edmonton, I think. They were trying to explain, yeah, like, hey, like we we've done this kind of game, you know, back. At, oh yeah. At the point yeah, when yeah. it was clear it was going to be kind of a games of service, and they were like. This, this, and this, and this, what you're trying to do, this won't work. This won't be fun. I think one of the exact quotes was something like, what will happen is you've got players that are going, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, when you're waiting on something. And they're like, it, it doesn't mesh like that. And they said when they were trying to offer that kind of feedback, they were largely ignored, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you get all these people that are forced to work on something or don't want to work on something or just don't get along. And like, in, instead of having this massive studio where everything's turning correctly and all, all the gears are connected right, it's just disjointed and it just, you know, kind of creates further conflict and issues, which is, um, you know, sad. Yeah, and it's, it's a bummer. Exactly. There's a lot of issues that go into it. So, yeah, hopefully something changes with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's move on here to maybe some happier news. Uh, and I hope all of this is real because, man, my when I saw these uh, – I guess they're not announcements, but when I saw these sort of rumored leaks, my heart just couldn't take it. So um, it, it looks as if uh, Best Buy has leaked three games that a lot of people have been talking about. So um, Persona 5, which is pre- I feel like is probably coming to the Switch. Um, uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Switch. And then this is one that maybe was a little bit surprising. Um, Link to the Past coming to Switch. Yeah. And it was all uh, leaked through Best Buy. And somebody, uh, I guess uh, an employee or somebody, sent a, like a picture out. And then um, uh, there's a user on Twitter by the name of Wario64 who is really good at uh, like tweeting out industry statistics or deals, things like that. And it was so funny because it was just like this onslaught of of leaks. It was it first it started with Persona, and then after Metroid Prime, and then after uh, it, it was a link to the past. And so everybody like lost their ship. So now it looks as if all of that has been taken down. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not real. It could it could just be like you know oh the retailer is trying to cover its ass or whatever. Like it could be it, it still doesn't mean that it's not legit. Um, so I don't know if you guys all were, were watching this as it was unfolding, but, uh, what do what did you make of this? Do you think that Best Buy is actually, you know, that this has, a, a you know, any significance? Oh, I think so for think sure. That... I think Chris's theory, uh, with Link to the Past is definitely, uh, Chris, do you want to share that? I think you're probably right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chris, yeah. what's your theory on that? So I think that uh, my theory is that Zelda Links to the Past will come packaged with oh god, I can't remember the name of the game now. Uh, Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think those two games would become packaged together in some sort of two pack. Which that oh, would make sense, uh, not only yeah. from a release standpoint, but also because uh, Link's Awakening originally started off as trying to port Link to the Past to the Game Boy, mm-hmm. like briefly, and so, then they realized it wasn't feasible, and they kind of changed gears. But yeah, changed it. Yeah. So Grayson, did you did you see this story here? What are, what do you make of this? Yeah, I did. I mean, I I. I really believe that Metroid Prime Trilogy and Persona 5 are, mm-hmm. are they're going to be coming to the Switch. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, but the Link to the Past thing is kind of weird to me. It might just be a placeholder for a different Zelda game, Sunday. but yeah. I don't think they I don't think Nintendo would randomly like drop a Super Nintendo game. Yeah. yeah. They usually don't well, do pack They usually don't do pack-ins like that, like other developers do. Like you, you buy like Borderlands Three, you get borderlands one right. something like that nintendo usually doesn't yeah do. that's true i don't that's i true. don't see them now, releasing like a super nintendo game they did do it with bayonetta though well that wasn't nintendo oh yeah yes, that's bayonetta 2 yeah. and bayonetta well, it's usually 
Yeah, I guess it, that's a weird publisher yeah. standpoint. Yeah, I, I mean, the last time yes. they did it where they developed the game that I could think of was uh, Four Swords. Was it? Yeah, Four Swords: Link to the Past, the GBA, where uh, Link to the yeah, Past was, was included like some... with the. Uh... And then, yeah, and oh, then yeah. there was and like then they uh, had all the collection too. They yeah, exactly. That's the one I was. Uh, there's like a, the, the GameCube one with all those games yeah. on the Twilight Princess and all that. So, huh? Yeah, and then the question I wanted to ask you guys uh, for Link to the Past: Do you think that's like, like a got uh like a remake or something like, sort of like how Link's Awakening uh, is no I, I don't think they would remake Link to the Past right now especially with um what's the one that came out for the Super 3DS Nintendo. um Triforce oh Triforce no, uh, uh which one no, no, oh, no, oh no. Link uh oh Link, Link Between, between worlds. worlds yeah Link Between Worlds that was kind of, that wasn't like a dead-on remake of Link to the yeah. Past but it was pretty much like a sequel-ish but I, I feel like they wouldn't yeah. really remake Link to the Past right now mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know. It could be a placeholder well, for that cadence of Hyrule game or something. Yeah, you know, like, there's just a lot of Zelda right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's cool. So yeah, um, I don't know if the you know nothing of this has been confirmed, but uh, as scary as this sounds, E3 is in two months, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, prob- we'll probably find out How? more about that. Yeah, sorry. The reason why we'll be going to E3 in addition ready. to doing Nintendo Directs, which is the right decision. The reason why I think this is quite credible is because Best Buy and Nintendo have a really solid relationship uh, with doing events. Like, they did the Smash event, they're doing Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. Nintendo Labo VR event uh, this month. Um, So, they've also done like uh, you can get certain Pokemon there. Like, they've done done little, like, uh, go here and you could. Animal Crossing is what it was. You could go there and get Animal Crossing stuff. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, Um, what was I going to say? Um,. Total brain fart. Oh, oh yeah, best. These, yeah. these leaks, these leaks like this usually don't come from Best Buy. It's always from like Amazon, like right. Canada, or, like Walmart Canada, Walmart. the hell, or the Korean <laughs> so ratings is, board. It could be it happens a lot. Yeah, too. It could be legit. But yeah, I, I I hope that all of us like can will this into existence because I would love to play all of those <laughs> games on Switch. So yeah, yeah. very interesting. Um, so yeah, moving on here, um, just a quick little story here. Borderlands 3 uh, got a release date finally, and it was very funny because on April 1st, uh, which of course is April Fool's Day, uh, they the Borderlands uh, Twitter account posted, you know, hey, uh, Borderlands 3 will be available on the 13th of September, and then they got taken <laughs> down. So everybody was like, yeah. is that an April Fool's joke or what? And so yeah, it is confirmed that it's coming out uh, September 13th. And have you guys seen the box art for yeah. it? Yeah. It is looks sick. It is like so over the top. Oh my god! I liked yeah. all the memes and jokes. People were like, "Oh, the delay was probably because they're trying to figure out how to have a guy shoot himself three different ways." Yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Grayson, uh, Grayson, do you like the box art for Borderlands Three? Yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, he's holding the number three. It's like pretty cute. Like this, since they've been teasing this game for so so long. Um, yeah. I don't know what the roses mean, like what what that implies. I'm not. I haven't played a ton of Warlands before, but it's really pretty. Like it's very celestial and heavenly, and yeah, uh, exactly. I I kind of wish they were coming. I, I wish they were coming to Switch. Oh, I think me too. Really I was fun. hoping it would. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I thought it would. Yeah, so, that game. It, it could run. I'm sure it could run on Switch. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know at least why. the Handsome I mean, Jack collection in Borderlands One. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and it's sure. and it's weird because those are last gen games, and the Switch is presumably. Mm-hmm more powerful right yeah i would rather have borderlands <laughs> yeah i would i would much rather have borderlands one and two than a uh, freaking saints row like mm-hmm. well, and, uh, yeah exactly uh, bullet storm the 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 remake <laughs> yeah, of that storm, i mean yeah. the, the remaster oh, yeah, of that that's coming to switch so, so weird switch, so right? weird 
That's so That's um, speaking of Borderlands 3, there was a little bit of controversy, of course, with it. Um, so I've got an article pulled um, from Kotaku here. This is, again, from uh, Jason Schreier. Uh, Borderlands 3 is a six-month epic store exclusive on PC. So this is just a, a little short article. It reads, quote, The PC video game store wars rage on with the newly announced Borderlands 3, the latest game to pick a side. Gearbox's upcoming loot shooter out September 13th will be a six-month epic store exclusive, the developer said today. From the press release, quote, at launch on September 13th, Borderlands 3 will be available uh, for PC exclusively through the Epic Game Store. Borderlands 3 will be available on additional PC digital storefronts in April of 2020, end quote. It'll also be out for PS4 and Xbox One. Um, for nearly a decade, Valve's Steam uh, storefront was the go-to location for all things PC gaming, but the company behind Fortnite is trying to change that. In recent months, a number of high-profile video games have moved exclusively to Epic Store, like The Division 2, Metro Exodus, uh, perhaps because Epic only takes a 12% cut of revenue as opposed to Valve's 30%. I mean, that's a huge or, difference. Like, that alone makes that sense. Is a, that is a, yeah. yeah, that is a noticeable difference. Uh, or perhaps because of other uh, slick financial details. Um, it's a divide that's polarized many gamers who have grown accustomed to Steam and don't love the Epic Store, end quote. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, people were being really nasty about this. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really play on PC unless there's a game that, like, I absolutely you know, it's only yeah, on PC that I absolutely have to play. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a really, uh, I mean, obviously steam is very, very substantial and a lot, you know, it's got a lot of users. So it's really weird to see like another mm. uh, platform. And then it takes sort of like sweeping all of these games up from under steam, I guess is what you can call it. That's how some people look at it. Right. So yeah. yeah. Like for me, uh, it's a, it's a shitty tactic, but I, I've, I, I like that Steam's getting kicked up <laughs> the arse a bit, you know? Um, yeah. It's nice to see a bit of competition with Steam because exactly. their That's store what I was gonna say. and their tactics on how to handle their store is incredibly lazy. Yeah. And, I mean, whether you agree with one or the other i mean that that's fine but but the but the fact that one takes 30 percent cut and the yeah. other one takes 12 i mean can you blame these developers right for they're getting a bigger them. cut now and they're also probably going to get like you said probably some sort of a financial compensation for the exclusivity window so i mean it's a triple win for for gearbox i mean i, I, I don't blame them you know yeah yeah um, and, you know, on PlayStation Lifestyle, obviously, we don't cover stories like this, so I've been really wanting to, like, get everybody's thoughts and, and talk about it because I just think it's it's so interesting. And I know a lot of people, you know, they maybe have negative things to say about Steam as well, like how they handle their censorship and, you know. Like rape night like, and all that, also being yeah, allowed on the store for a bit. Or yeah, and, and that sort of, like, horseshit explanation they get, like, it... Like, it would have been easy to just be like, hey, this game that is about raping women is not good, so we're not going to... Right, like, and that, would, that shouldn't be controversial. Like, that's not complicated, yeah. yeah. But the, instead, they just gave this, like, really, like, PR, just... I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't yeah. directly yeah. addressing yeah. that rape is bad. It was just stupid. And they're not creating so, software to attract people to Steam. They're just doing nothing, pretty much. You know, other than making a really crappy card game <laughs> it might be good but it just seems <laughs> not what people want <laughs> it, it's just like steam just doesn't it doesn't feel like steam is really listening to its consumer base you know that's that's the reason why i think this is a good move uh good thing for the gaming industry personally but i, I know that's very controversial right and i think your point about um 
about competition is good. Yeah. You know, whether one, I guess, is doing questionable thing. I mean, obviously it would be ideal for everybody to just be awesome and not do shitty things, right? Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> yeah. but if you put that competition aside. Competition breeds excellence, yeah. as they say. Yeah, if if you put that aside, I think that hopefully that they'll sort of cause each other to be better. And if you really don't want to play an epic, then you could either a buy it at launch on a console, or just just you know wait six months. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think the outrage is just really like overly magnified. Like guys, just chill yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And and Grayson, I know earlier you were talking about like the review bombings and stuff like that. Can you talk? Yeah. To us so a little I, bit? as soon yeah as soon as the news was announced that the game would be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. The, the reviews on Steam for Borderlands 1, 2, uh, and the pre-sequel, all three of them, were just, like, hundreds and hundreds of negative reviews, like, one every few minutes. Oh, uh, like, fuck um, you. I fuck, guess they're just yeah. trying to get the they're just trying to get the attention of Gearbox or whoever. It just shows um, the volatility then, of the PC, <laughs> PC gaming yeah, community, personally. But. Nobody, nobody messes with them, and this is all new for them, you know, like, which was, I thought I thought the review bombing was really funny because like I mean not funny like haha but like silly like guys they made money in those games already you're not really hurting your box at all you know no. <laughs> like, well, I think it's just like a statement yeah I, I mean if anything and, you're just yeah, proving then, another um, vulnerability in Steam which is it took them way too long to uh, correct the review bombing even though they supposedly had a good policy in place to catch that it took them like mm-hmm. way too long yeah, to fix and then, that and then since uh, yesterday I guess Borderlands Two was like the first game. To have uh, started this, but like Steam throw have um, Steam threw out the user scores after April third, yeah. so it doesn't count oh. towards the game score. Oh wow! Um, and that, this is the first to have this is the first game to ever have that happen to get their scores like not count towards the total. Well, uh, yeah, because obviously score, it's, um, yeah. which is huh. actually good on good on Steam's part. Yeah, you know, at least they um, they you know, it's a good thing for them bullshit. to do because they recognize that these reviews aren't a legit. Yeah, and people are doing it for a certain mm-hmm. reason, so they decided to remove it. Right, um, and so and, and it's and called, so called off-topic the... review activities. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, and keeping in uh, line with the Epic Game Store uh, controversy here, I've got uh, we've got an article from Destructoid here. Um, this is from Peter Glagowski. Um, it reads, "It's a Epic Games CEO clarifies position about the store exclusivity." Um, companies still willing to sign deals with willing participants. It reads, quote, A few weeks back, Epic Games' uh, Steve Allison spoke to PC World about the exclusive deals it was striking with publishers to get games on its platform. Allison stated, quote, We will definitely not be doing exclusives uh, at this scale for a long period of time, end quote. A few days after that statement, Epic signed a deal with the developers behind Observation uh, that was essentially a repeat of the situation with Metro Exodus. In response to a fan inquiry on Twitter about the matter, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney said, quote, We've had a, uh, a lot of discussions about this since GDC. Epic is open to continuing uh, to sign funding exclusivity deals with willing developers and and publishers, regardless of their previous plans or announcements around Steam, end quote. Referring back to Allison's stance, Sweeney continued, quote, This prompted further discussions at Epic, leading to the realization that these calls must be up to developers and publishers, and Epic wouldn't tell them no, uh, on account of existing statements made about Steam, end quote. To clarify, huh. this all happened before Gearbox's announcement of Borderlands 3 being exclusive to Epic's storefront uh, for six months this morning. Um, so despite previously claiming that it would be backfiring off on gathering so many exclusives, Epic is now ready to take uh-huh. more exclusives. <laughs> and the he world lied. keeps trying. So, yeah. <laughs> He's a liar. 
Very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting stuff. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I, I, it's just so weird. I don't know. <laughs> he, he probably saw, Steve Allison probably saw that the games are getting such, maybe they're seeing a success on their on their platform. Yeah. And Or maybe the yeah, Borderlands exactly. deal just happened to have, this, this deal probably happened like last year or maybe mm-hmm. even earlier than that to get right. this on the Epic Store. What I think is going so to happen. He just, no, he said that and. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, um, this, these deals they just like announced were probably made way before he, st- he stated yeah. that mm-hmm. they weren't gonna be yeah, doing seemed, more exclusive. So it, it's yeah. weird because like it seems as if like you know a store a game could be coming to Steam presumably, and then like last minute Epic can be like, hey, do you want to publish exclusively on our platform? We'll give you you know mm-hmm. more of a cut and blah blah blah, and then. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like okay i guess but then what about all the people who pre-ordered the games through steam it's just sort of like this weird like i don't know it seems like there's a better way to well do and just it is worth noting though <laughs> the pre-orders for metro exodus on steam those were honored though so the pre-orders oh, okay. themselves were still honored oh that, yeah oh so the so the really so the games still came out like how does that play them on steam? If, if if you'd already pre-ordered metro exodus on steam you still got your pre-order it's just you really? couldn't pre-order it after yeah. that announcement, and you couldn't it's, buy it after. You know what I mean? Huh? huh. It's not. It's kind of like how The Walking Dead is the final season. Oh how, like, yeah. They they still yeah they still gave people who who bought the season past those episodes, but they couldn't. If you were new to this game, I guess you couldn't buy it from Epic. Bring out from Steam. Really? I don't know how it works. Huh. So yeah, <laughs> uh, hopefully that all. I don't know, man. What I, I think they're going to do is I think they're doing this to to basically. Uh, really, 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 really make it look really appetizing to come to Epic uh, now, immediately. Like, immediately getting in some big names. Because what's going to happen is we're going to see an article in, like, a year or a nine months, like, shortly after sure. it launches, Borderlands 3 launches on Steam. And I'm sure Randy Pitcher is going to say, you know, we did make a lot of money on Steam, too, but, like, the percentage cut we got off of Epic was worth it. We're probably... It's going to, A, lead these studios to maybe work with Epic of the future without them having to coax them in with, like, the exclusivity window, or it's going to pull in even more developers to take uh, notice, you know? That's what I think they're doing. Yeah, I honestly think it's good for the games industry as well, because... One, these developers are getting more money because there's more of a right. uh, percentage for them. And also, um, that these developers have had to resort to going to Switch and porting their games to there rather than putting them on uh, Steam because they can't get um, the exposure they need on their store. Right. Yeah. Like it's like it's like because it's like these crappy kind of games that are copies from like already made assets are like at the front of a game store, mm-hmm. and these quality games are in the back. You know, like someone has to resort to picking. <laughs> you know, you have to ask someone to pick it up for them. So I don't know. Yeah. Which I mean, Epic did say they're going to be doing uh, better curation than uh, than Steam, mm-hmm. which is nice because the Switch and Steam both need their stores to be curated. Oh my better. god, and the Apple Store too. Yeah. Just, oh, I agree. Just a conglomerate oh, yeah. of just shit. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how that sort of turns out. Um, so yeah, let's move on here. Um, I wanted to cover this story here about the uh, the Super Meat Boy, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever um, hit with a delay. But what's really funny is the sort of uh, Pot oh, shot they the took statement. It at, at, yeah, yeah, the statement they released. So I've got the article from Destructoid here pulled by Brett Makedonsky. I hope I said that right. But I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just I'm just going to uh, quote the tweet here. So this is a tweet from the Super Meat Boy uh, team, uh, 
uh, team meet. Um, and it reads, quote, we're missing our April launch. Um, we've been knocking out the last bits of Super Meat Boy Forever at record speeds while uh, keeping a healthy and sustainable pace. <laughs> We are going to keep that pace, which means we will not hit our April 2019 release. Sorry about that. We could have sacrificed our mi- <laughs> we could have sacrificed our minds, bodies, okay. and social lives to make April 2019, but that's stupid. <laughs> Team <laughs> isn't some isn't some studio owned by an evil asshat, and then <laughs> and they're both capitalized, so EA, right? Uh, oh, corporation so that uh, that has say over what we do and how we do it. We are fortunate enough to have control over how we work, and we choose not to run ourselves into the ground game delays blow we know but we're close to it uh, so it shouldn't be uh, too long of a delay the next trailer we drop will have a concrete release date but until then we are officially we are officially launching quote after but not (laughs) but not too far after uh, april 2019 this past weekend uh, we were telling this to attendees at pax east and everyone we told was really cool about it so we're oh the tweet got cut it off here sorry Uh, sorry 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 okay so we, where did I, oh, so, so we're just going to assume they speak for everyone on the internet and, uh, and say thank you for all the understanding and being cool with this delay. Love, team me, XOXO. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, that's what I, I don't, I don't, I don't think the delay is too big of an issue, but, but the fact that they're like, you know, jabbing, you know, taking a jab at EA and other companies, it's sort of hearkening back to the, the Bioware story. Like, and all hey, that. crunch isn't necessary. We're happy. You'll still get your game. It'll be even better. I wonder... So I'm I don't know anything about development really. So I like why like I don't understand why EA can't just take this mindset, right? Like I guess it's because they have shareholders and all that. Yeah, stuff. that's what it is. It's the fiscal because they told they told uh, Bioware that the farthest it could be delayed was at the end of their fiscal quarter. That's all it boils down to for them. Oh my god. That's why so, it had to come out in March. Right. So like I don't know how useful that statement from Team Meat is like fuck you EA, but it's sort of funny. Um yeah, I think it, it, that's the benefit of being an indie studio, right? Like, you can essentially do whatever you want, right? And, like, especially with Team Meat, I mean, people really love them. And, you know, they know that they're probably going to get a quality product. So I don't think it's too upsetting or too wild to, to you know, just wait a little yeah. while longer on their game. Um, I just wish that other, like, AAA development studios would sort of take that stance, too, and not be so focused on dates and and you know uh fiscal year calendars and all this stuff because it's really like it's detrimental to the health of the team yeah right and then people are gonna quit and it's just i think it's like it's sort of a short-term solution almost like hey yeah we'll put our game out now and like that's fine and maybe it'll sell well a lot of times they do but but then your team is just burnt out and then they have to just crank out another game right and it's just like eventually yeah. it's gonna crash and not yeah it's um it's quality over i mean it's quantity over quality for right. the big publishers yeah. you know they just want to see they want to see results you know they want to see numbers they want them to release games as quickly as possible and yeah because of so, that the workplace the workplace can become like a, to- a toxic environment you know yeah exactly so yeah i don't know um uh I'm totally. I think everybody's totally fine with willing to wait on that. Um, Grayson, I know while you were at, you were at PAX, you got to play some games. Did you get to talk with oh, the man. team meet people, or did you? Was that no? Game actually, there? I didn't. Even, I don't even remember even seeing the booth. To be honest. Oh okay. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't get to. I didn't get to. Oh, I know those events are so crazy. It's hard to do everything. Yeah, I got turned um, around every 
five minutes. Yeah. So you've got a couple <laughs> more stories here, and then we'll we'll talk about some of the games you played at uh, PAX. Okay. So the so this one here I'm really excited about. So um, Nintendo Labo is getting VR. Um, so it looks like uh, there's going to be it's it's going to go with the Nintendo Labo, right? And so two games are coming to that platform. It's going to be uh, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. Now. I'm not exactly sure how this works, and I know Grayson. I know you pre-ordered your headset. You, yeah. Did, oh yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm not like I said. I, I haven't really looked too much into this. Did you? Do you guys know a little bit more about this? Like, what? How exactly is this VR gonna work? And like, is it the so, full I mean, game? I so I I have no idea how the act how the game is actually gonna look mm-hmm. in VR. I know I know the cardboard kit comes with some goggles, and I guess it creates the illusion of VR. You know, however that works. Right, um, but, but did Super they Mario say if Odyssey, it's the full games or no? Okay, it... yeah. So for Breath of the Wild, you'll be able to play the full game using the Labo VR. And wow. You just act, you just have to you have to enable it in the settings, and you can play for as long as you want. But you know you are holding up the the Labo to your head. So unless you're laying down in a bed, oh. I hope I there's a strap or something. Muscles, cause that's my only concern. Or insane too. muscle strength. This you're could be an accessory. Thing, five minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah. So and so I know that going can... in, but. So you, you, okay, that makes sense. So you hold the the the, you know, the tablet up to your face, yes. basically, right? Yeah, up, right up to your face. And you have to hold it though, right? You can't. Well, the, yeah, so the switch gonna... screen goes into the little VR goggles, and then you have to hold the goggles up to your face. Okay. Which yeah, is my only hesitation because I don't want to play a game like that. So I hope they have a strap yeah, or something yeah. that they do. Yeah. What were you saying, yeah, Grayson? I... I feel like they won't have a strap, but I mean, I, I just think it would be fun to play Zelda for like ten minutes in VR. And see, just, I just want to see how it looks. Yeah. Like, yeah. how does that That's... feel like? Um, it's gonna be really uncomfortable because the Joy Cons have to be in the actual on the Switch because that's what you hold. Mm. So you're kind of like holding it up to your face <laughs> and playing it at the same time. I don't think you're able to. You won't be able to let go of the of the mask of the goggles unless you have a strap or something. So you have to play <laughs> while yeah. holding it. And even then, like you said, it's meant to be played when the Joy-Cons are attached to your head anyway, so... (laughs) Yeah, so you can't, like, have a Pro Controller in your hand and have the VR on. That's that's sort of how I wish they would do it, is, like, strap it to your head and then just play with a, a, you know, Pro Controller. They probably don't don't want people to have it on for a long time, perhaps, because if it's Super Mario Odyssey, it's not the full game. They just have... They said they have three bite-sized Odyssey, like, mini-games, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So they reminded me... They kind of reminded me of Astro Bot... On VR, yeah. where you're just like third-person perspective, yeah, just, you're controlling Mario, right. but you're doing little mini games. That and are short. and these aren't separate games you have to buy; these are just updates to the original games, right? Yes, yeah, they'll just be compatible with the VR mm-hmm. on April yep. 26. I yep. think that's the day. Yeah, oh, and say that date one more time. The 26th of April. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And but it the, looks the, like there's the, the a VR kit, kit comes out on the 12th. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another interesting facet to add to the story is that Saito Matsatsugu. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. He's the character designer for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And he um, st- stirred up like speculation that that game might be in VR as well. He said, oh. basically on Twitter, VR. That's all he did. <laughs> That's all he said. So people are thinking maybe this game, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2, could be in VR as well. Yeah, I think all oh, these like big... Uh like exclusive games on the switch yeah like if they could just update them to run Mm -hmm. in vr that would be really cool mario kart would be sick that would be awesome yeah that would be really really (laughs) cool and it's uh, the headset i think is 80 bucks right 
Is that, is the, that uh, actually bucks? you you can get the starter kit, which is the one I bought. It's only forty bucks. Oh, um, what, then what's the thing that's eighty bucks? I saw something. So the eighty bucks is like a variety. It's a variety kit, so it has like four or five different games for you to play. Different cardboard kits. Oh, but the gotcha, main gotcha. one, the, the 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 basic one, only has this uh, launcher game that you make this like gun uh, contraption. Okay. So I just wanted I just wanted to buy it to try it out for Zelda pretty much and Mario. Right. Yeah. Um, I literally have not been interested in Labo at all since it got announced. No, and no. Just, you know, it looks really cool and neat, but you know, I don't have a kid with me. I'm not really like. <laughs> and then it just the, like the, takes the up games all don't room. look that fun. I feel like I, I'm gonna have more fun just building the actual thing. Right. And probably playing the game, but yeah. it was forty bucks. So I was like, why not? It's like the perfect amount of money yeah. to. It's funny you right, said you, you'll probably have fun building it because yeah. that's actually why I haven't bought one. Is I'm like, man. It's gonna take me like all of Friday night to like. Oh, put I that love t- making. Stuff. Like I don't that that part sounds stressful to me. Like I'm sure it could be fun stressful. for some people, but you know. So, so Grace, Grayson, I'm sure you'll tell us your thoughts on that when you get all that and get it all set oh, yeah, up and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. So I will definitely give my impressions. Yeah. To the world. So <laughs> so yeah, we've got one more story here, and then we'll take a quick break, and then come back and talk about packs, and then uh, talk about what we've been playing. So this last story okay. here um, is one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's about Persona, and I love Persona. Um, this is from Push Square. Uh, Atlas will, quote, actively discuss bringing Persona 3 and Persona 4 to PS4 if there's an opportunity. And this is from Robert Ramsey. Um, It reads, quote, Atlas is well aware of the demand for Persona 3 and Persona 4 on PS4, according to a new interview with GNN Gamer. Uh, as translated by Persona uh, Persona Central. Both games originally launched on the PS2, with the enhanced Persona 4 Golden releasing as a PS Vita exclusive years later. Um, Naturally, the commercial success of Persona 5 has resulted in a lot of players wanting all three games on one platform, ourselves included. Although Atlas doesn't seem to have any plans right now, software director Naoto Hiraoka does say that the company will, quote, actively discuss the possibility should the opportunity arise. Of course, Atlas appears to have its hands full right now with whatever Persona 5 The Royal is, as well as the mysterious Persona 5S. Once all of that is out of the way, then maybe its efforts can be directed elsewhere. So, yeah, that that's an interesting point they bring up about those two versions of Persona 5. Uh, it's unclear on what those are, but yeah, I think one of them is like an enhanced version for PS4, and then the other one is the Switch version. Um, so yeah, I know, Chris, you're a big Persona fan. Uh, yes, sir. I'm sure you, yeah, I'm sure you would love to see this, right? <laughs> I would love to see this. Like, for me, I've never played Persona... Well, I have played Persona 3, but I haven't played a lot of it, like about 10 hours of it. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to relive it on PS4, and then Persona 4 is one of my favorite games that I've played, so naturally a PS4 release would be fantastic. Um, it'd be great not to just say the Vita is a Persona system, because I want to see those games leave that console and, you know, go, go on a... Uh, modern console that most people own, right? So, like, yeah, it'd yeah, be well, great to see Persona. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so that's just even more. And then, uh, obviously, yeah, the success of Persona Five once a lot, a lot of people want to play the other ones. Um, it's interesting too because they brought out those two dancing games on PS4, yeah. Persona Three and Four. So it's like, it, it's like they know, right? They're like, yeah, maybe that was like testing the waters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would absolutely love to see that. And I would love to see them on Switch, too, because, you know, I played through most of Persona 4, uh, you know, while I was at school on the Vita or whatever, you know, mm. like in between classes or something like mm. that. And, 
I think that kind of game is like it lends itself really well to a handheld device because you know you can just do a little bit of activities uh, when you're not in the dungeon and then just save your game and then save the dungeons for like you know the longer play sessions and maybe you could put that on the big screen you know if it's on the switch or something um, it'd be yeah. great to see so, these games get remasters as well with new features yep. new graphics maybe new gameplay mechanics similar to persona yeah. 5 style yeah and um, like little tweaks yeah yeah just to modernize them a bit yeah uh grayson are you a persona fan at all i know i know you kind yeah, of yeah i played uh yeah i played persona 5 i never finished it uh i got really really far yeah uh, but I, something just happened and i stopped and i just not get back into it yeah and it's so um, tough because i really like we were loved saying, it i loved it so much yeah the, the thing is for me actually that happened to me i stopped playing and then after about six months seven months i actually got went back into it um yeah i i i struggled a little and then i really got back into it again so i'd recommend uh, booting that back into your system grace I definitely, I definitely want to, especially like mm-hmm. this month. I'm trying to catch up on games since not yeah. a lot of big games are coming out. Besides Days Gone, yeah. But uh, I really, yeah, and... really want to get back into Persona and finish that. And then Persona Four, I never played much, but it'll be cool to have it on Twitch. Right, um, and well. um, it's worth noting too that uh, we've just hit the two-year anniversary of uh, Persona Five. Yeah. So happy Crazy. birthday, Persona Five! Yeah, wow. yeah. And I remember that game was supposed to come out on Valentine's Day of mm-hmm. 2017, and it got pushed oh, yeah. back. And I was so devastated, wow. and it was so it was kind of cute too because obviously Valentine's Day, and then the themes of the of Persona Five is like take your heart, so it's sort of this. Yeah, like, Atlas loves thing. doing stuff like that. I yeah. think the next, I think Catherine's coming out on um, uh, oh, Catherine yeah. Full Body. Yeah, it, it came out it, on uh, Valentine's Day in Japan. Uh, right now, it's getting yes. localized for the for yeah, the. Yeah, we love doing. Rest in peace, like Vita. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> You know, yeah. we need to do a Vita episode, I think, and talk yeah. about how oh, yeah. the system oh, yeah, I love that. didn't get... Yeah. Um, so, cool. Um, that's about it for all the news today. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then come back, talk about PAX East, which Grayson attended, and then finish the show with what we've been playing. So, we'll be back uh, after this. Alright everybody, and we are back. Um, so before we get into Grayson's PAX East uh, coverage, I just wanted to uh, quickly touch on a correction from last week. Uh, Josh, did you want to cover that really quickly? Yeah, so last week when we were talking about the phrasing Major Nelson used and uh, caused kind of speculation on if Battlefront 2 for the original Xbox would have any kind of uh, online capabilities, which unfortunately it did turn out he just meant like the modes themselves that are available. I don't know, the phrasing was really rotten. Because it made us all think we get to play that online. Anyway, uh, yeah. I did say, which would be interesting, because the original Xbox and 360 games um, do not uh, work online anymore. Uh, I incorrectly spoke. Um, 360 games are still playable online, unless that game's like specific you know, right. server is gone. Unless- but yeah, overall, though, the functionality is still built to the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah, so thanks for issuing that correction. Um, cool. All right, so Grayson, um, let's talk yeah. about your PAX East coverage. Um, so, so yeah, um, tell me about, I guess, like which games you got to play, uh, any sort of <clears throat> weird, weird things that might have happened, anybody you got to talk to, and, and then also like what your favorite game that you played was while you were there. Oh, man. So, yeah, so I didn't get to play a ton of stuff at PAX. Uh, I spent a lot of time running around making appointments or <laughs> catching my appointments and making yeah. sure I was late. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then going back to going back to the press room and writing up stuff. Um, but I played some cool. really, really good stuff that um, kind of surprised.
surprise me. Um, so yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think of like the best number one for me. Um, I mean, so, I, so I got so to like, play. Uh, I got to play. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I got to play Control. Which oh, is oh I'm so excited for that. That's a day one uh, for me. Yeah. Control is one of those things where, like, I wasn't super excited. Like, I, I was, I knew I was gonna play it, but I wasn't really looking to every uh, detail about it. Looking, watching all the, interview, all the interviews and watching like trailers and stuff. I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I love Alan Wake. I, I yes. never played Quantum Break, but I guess I consider myself a Remedy fan. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I got to play it for like 20, 30 minutes or so. It put me in this small enclosed area in the facility that the main character's in, and it pretty much just lets you fight with a whole bunch of enemies and do a little bit of exploring. Um, cool. Yeah, well, what I played and, was really, really fun. Um, that's good. The combat has and, such. Oh, sorry. Say, uh, uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. Uh, not. No pun intended. How did the game control? Like, how did it feel? Control. It, yeah. <laughs> so it took a while for me to get used to everything because there's a lot of stuff that you can do. You can. You have a gun um, that, of course, shoots, but you can alter that gun to become different type of weapons. So it has like one that has like a shotgun effect, one that has like a piercing effect, but it's still the same gun. You have to shoot your gun. She can hover around and levitate. She can use um, uh, like telekinesis to lift up objects around her and throw them at enemies. She can do like a melee attack. There's a lot to do with all the different buttons. Um, oh. It took me a while to get used to the combat, but once I did, so it was excited. actually it a lot. So of, it was a lot of fun. I had really a lot of fun with the combat. Like I, I just wanted to keep fighting enemies once the demo was ending, um, trying out different methods to uh, defeat them. <laughs> Did they mention uh, right. a- anything about the combat being progressive? Like any progressive kind of like experience points, you know, to g- unlock more moves or things so, like that? So I don't think there's any kind of experience type progression, but you can find mods that you can attach to your weapons oh, cool. and to Jesse herself. So you can attach a mod to her that'll like increase her health oh, or okay. increase her attack, increase her um, this gauge that she has that lets you hover and do those uh, special abilities that she does. Um, so I don't think you level up, but there is a sense of like, hey, I'm going to attach this mod to these guns and this to myself and see how it feels in battle. And Quantum kinda, Break like, had a little bit a qu- of the, uh, of, of, uh, not leveling up, but kind of like a skill tree type, not skill tree, but you know, that kind of modification system. with the characters. So that sounds like they're just kind of yeah. doing that again, which it yeah. worked well in that game. Yeah. So Jesse can pretty much like, you can control, uh, the stuff on her to to fit her to your knees cool. in combat, which how good. how you want to play the game. So it's it a good really level str- um, of strategy in it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say the strategy because the enemies weren't too difficult to kill. You okay. pretty much choose whatever way you want. But it was fun. It was it was fun to fight. So maybe um, less strategy, really but more of an emphasis on variety for the player. Sweet. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. only negative thing I would say about the game was, uh, you know, this was an early build, I'm sure, but the frame rate uh, started to chug a lot when right. I started to fight a lot of enemies. Well, that's you know, yeah, that's gonna happen. Do you know but what you played it on? August. Um, it was. Wait. Like it was like definitely uh, your, it was PC or Xbox One. I wasn't. Okay. Uh, I was okay. using an Xbox controller. I'm pretty sure it was Xbox. Okay. And um, did you, I'm sure you probably didn't, but did you maybe get a sense of like what the story is going to be like? Like, did you see any like story? Uh, yeah, they like... didn't really go into much detail. They kind of threw me in. I had no idea what was going okay. on. Yeah, I know that her name is Jessie Faden. She's become the new director of this secret facility. And there's like weird supernatural things happening. And it's your job to like 
figure out what the hell is going on and somehow she gets powers i don't know okay so it's it still <laughs> that's sounds, the gist of it yeah it's, it sounds very remedy from what i can tell yes um, yeah, yeah. cool so what else did you get to play while you were there um i, I got to play sarah and i wild hearts oh, okay uh, you guys remember that back from i think it was announced during nintendo direct or, or during the game awards i think uh, I, I'm, um, I'm drawing a it, blank on that one. Which it one has that? like it's very it's very the colors are like pink and purple, and you play as like these characters that look like Wheat Fit trainers, kind of <laughs> like very uh, poly- they're they're polygonal humans, and it's it, it's a rhythm game. It's it's like a oh. pop album video game. That's how it's oh described. interesting. And it's coming to Switch. That sounds and I'm fun. Pretty sure PC as well. Okay, and um, and did did you get a, a sense of like what the music like you said it's pop music, but like it's a... so good. Like oh, yeah. catching the dead. <laughs> I think the demo starts with you just flying and collecting, like, these little gems. But the music is super poppy, super, like, electric pop, like, K-pop, J- uh, Japanese pop, that sort of thing. Like, there's vocals yeah. to it. It's not it's not just, like, um, um, instrumentals. Um, so you start huh. from, like, right to, like, just flying in the air. She goes on a motorcycle, and you start going down streets, and you're fighting these other women who have, like, masks on, like, almost Persona-like. Oh, I think um, I do remember this. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really fucking cool, and I just, like was tapping my toes the entire time with the beat. Um, <laughs> I, I was playing, oh, I was awesome. playing in handheld mode too with headphones on. It just felt so surreal. Like it really like immersed me into this experience. And um, yeah, you just play stage by stage and uh, they introduce different elements into the game. And it, it was a really fun time. That sounds like a crisp I'm game. I'm really excited. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> any, any, did anything else jump out at you that you played? Uh, let me think. What else? What else? What else? Uh, Cyber Shadow. Oh, was, I was going to ask one of my you. Favorite. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. Um, yeah. So that's the. Isn't that the Yacht Club? Publishing? Yacht Club is publishing, publishing Cyber yeah. Shadow, but they're not developing this one. Right. It's it's made by one guy who's working on it. He's been working on it for like eight years. Mephisto. Yacht Club picked yeah. it up. Um, it reminds me of Contra, Ninja Gaiden, super like fast paced two D side scrolling ninja game. Cool. Um, and uh, describe to me what you played for that. Did, was it like a like a boss area or just like a platforming section? Yes. Yeah, so it was like a the game goes by stages. So I think I played probably the first stage in the game. Um, you just pretty much go through the game. Uh, you're platforming. You're defeating enemies really quickly. Um, you can obtain power ups to make your uh, to make your katana stronger and stuff like that. Um, and, and I did fight a boss at the end. Um, okay. It, it just then, reminds me of Mega. It's like Mega Man, but a little bit faster. It doesn't seem too difficult. Um, just That's what I was going to ask through. you about, Kind of like the messenger a little bit. Okay, cool, yeah. So I was going to ask you about the combat because I know Shovel Knight, and again, I know they're not developing this game, but it's yeah. it's easy to make comparisons to Shovel Knight. Um, Shovel For Knight sure. is very difficult, uh, I think. So like, yeah, uh, it is. So do you think that, that this game is like easier than Shovel Knight or about on For sure, for it? sure. That's okay. what I definitely noticed when I first played it. I, I think I died on the boss. Um, once, but it just brought me right back up to the boss fight. No, oh, cool. you, you don't lose anything. It's not a roguelike. It's not, you know, you're not losing any money. Um, you're pretty much just, it's just skill-based, and mm-hmm. it, it seems pretty forgiving uh, nice. in terms of and, death, and, and then, it's really pretty. And what about the music? Because I know those games are very, it's very important to have good music in, in those kind of games. Did you like the music? It, it was really good. It was like this nice chiptune chip music. Cool. I, I remember like tapping my toes and feeling uh-huh. like really badass, like flying <laughs> through these, flying through the stage. So I, it, it was, it was really fun. That's cool. Um, and that one's coming out on Switch, Xbox, and PS4 um, nice. this year. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, and then anything else? Did you get your hands on any other games? Uh, something worth mentioning. Um, I know because uh, did you get to play Mortal Kombat any on um, on uh, Switch? 
So I did not. I played it on PS4, but Jesse, if you remember Jesse, yeah, yeah, he writes for Twin as well. Yeah. He got to play Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch um, in handheld mode um, too, and he actually said it runs really well. Of Excellent. course, the game takes a little bit of a graphical hit; it doesn't look as pretty as uh, mm-hmm. its counterpart. Yeah, but he said it, it runs really fine. They're aiming for 60 frames. Perfect. Per I was gonna say for fighting game, I'd yeah. rather have a little bit of a hit in graphics, but that frame rate being yeah, right there. for sure. I'm sure Nether Realms was like, yeah, just make sure the game plays well. You know, the looks, you know, comes second. That's what right. you sacrifice then, for playing, you know. Uh, aside from any games, uh, what 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 else struck you at at PAX? Like uh, like I don't know, did you get to talk to any developers or anybody like that? Um, uh, the coolest part for me, was I also played a game called Rad, which is uh, Double Fine's new game. Oh that yeah, that's Bandai right. Namco is publishing. It's a top-down roguelike, and I actually got to play the game right next to um. Yeah, that's uh, that's the one. It's sort the of like name? he he. Uh, Tim uh, Schafer. Tim, uh, I don't think Tim Schafer's actually like working on it himself, but it's it's this um oh god it has it, like an eighties vibe to it with the music and stuff because apparently right. there was two two apocalypses oh uh, yeah it's like a, a, uh, a post post apocalypse I love that double yeah, exactly. apocalypse yeah it was a double apocalypse that happened one the first in the seventies or eighties and then once like way later on that's um, so funny. And the game is like based around these mutations that you get that you can um, that are random. So while you're fighting these enemies, um, you'll randomly get mutated into a, a creature, and you have to like deal with that mutation for a while. But you are stronger. But it's kind of like this random nature to it. It is a roguelike, so it's like procedurally generated. Yeah. Um, what I was saying was I, I I was playing the game while also interviewing. Um, God, I, I should have known his name. He's like basically the creative director behind this game. His name is Lee Lee Petty. Okay. Um, at Double and, Fine, and he worked on games um, like Stacking. If you guys remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs. And then um, that game was interesting. Uh, Psychonauts, I think, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, he was, he was talking to me about the game, the development process, and I was just asking questions, and it was like, it was really cool to be to talk to someone like that. He was, seems like such a cool guy. And, right. And Rad was yeah. Rad so was honestly Pax... really rad. Yeah. No pun intended. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, so PAX sounds like it was really fun. Um, I, I was kind of bummed out I didn't get to go. Uh, yeah. I was planning on going, and then just I couldn't get time off from my day job, which unfortunately I, you know, I still have to work a day job. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people are going to be gathering at E3 this year. Grayson, are you going to be making it out to E3 this year? Uh, I, I, we're still in the talks, but it, it seems like I am actually going to be able to go. Okay. Cool. And exciting. then I haven't got in a few years so right and then i can't remember if anybody else from here was going i chris i know you said oh. you can't go right <laughs> no <laughs> no it's, it never and seems then, it's gonna be <laughs> it's never going well, to be <laughs> well and maybe with maybe with sony not being there this year this might be a good year to skip i don't know i i mean i'm trying to yeah be positive about it um and then what about you josh are you just going to be watching from home uh yeah i'm not gonna i do want to go sometime and 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 more than once i don't want to just go once but yeah this year i'm just going to be live tweeting and watching them all i usually take work off to just absorb this stuff that you know plays during the week yeah just because uh okay. for me it's like I, I guess what i'd imagine the super bowl is like for like normal men Normal men. Yeah. <laughs> proper <laughs> proper hard. macho men because like man I'll, I'll get like some drinks i like i'll get some nice beer i mean i'll get some scotch and i'll just sit there and watch it all day and it's exciting for me so same thing with the game awards i look forward right. to it every year i'm really um excited um cool particularly yeah, excited so, for uh xbox because phil said it's gonna be a pretty big year so 
Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be going this year, Grayson. Sweet. So hopefully, if oh, you sweet. go, yeah, we right. uh, we can maybe I don't know if you have a, a, a hotel situation planned out or what, but that would be really yeah. fun. You guys should get a um, bunk bed. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So okay, cool. And then uh, yeah, so it sounds like Pax was really awesome. So let's um, finish out the show with what we've been playing. Um, so Grayson, I know you reviewed, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World for Twinfinite. Um, so obviously you finished it and everything. Um, Josh gave us his thoughts on it last week and basically his consensus, the consensus was, you know, it's a good game. It's just, uh, it's not going to blow you away or anything. And it doesn't really yeah. like, it doesn't like every other Yoshi game. Yeah. yeah like if you love Yoshi, you'll be, you'll be happy. Past 20 years. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on, on Crafted World. Yes, I mean, I even though the game is super uh, charming and I just love the aesthetic. Like honestly, the first level, the first few levels, I was going through slow, slow, so slow just to look at like every piece of pretty much pretty much every object on screen at every point. Because right. like I would notice something and then look closer, and I'm like, oh wait, that's actually egg cartons, or like, oh, this is made of a cardboard box, and they put googly eyes on top of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's super instead of making like a, a building or like a normal object nintendo this went out of their way to make sure everything looked handcrafted like it looked like a, a child made it for like a school po- or school a school project or something mm-hmm. um it was super adorable um it is just pretty easy just like most yoshi games um there is a special area that opens up after you beat the game actually um it has a few levels that you can play that are very very hard but they just like they don't feel like the other levels in the main game, they're just there to be hard, and I kind of just, like, didn't really enjoy myself playing them. Maybe, like, uh, it seemed like it was tacked on, kind of. Exactly. They weren't original. They weren't very aesthetically pleasing. They didn't have a really a theme to them. They are like, here, try to jump on these tiny platforms as, you know, as well as you can, and you're probably going to fail a lot. And I didn't <laughs> really have a lot of fun with them. Huh. And they also required that you unlock a, 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 a crazy amount of the, of the flowers that you find in the levels. Uh-huh. So you have to pretty much almost 100% the game before you end play all the hard levels in that section. Oh, weird. Which I didn't really huh. like that much. Well, I know that um, in a lot of those platformers that are like generally easy, uh, finding all the collectibles is sort of like the challenge. Yes. And it's kind that of the is really, difficulty that's for like it. Yeah. the most fun I've had. Yeah, like I would, it was really fun going back to the levels to try to find everything because they are really hard to get. Like I can tell you like throughout the whole entire game, I probably went through like five levels and got everything. I was always like left with something I, I didn't oh, find. Oh, okay. So um, it's like, it, you know, it gives I mean. you an incentive. They aren't to, easy, yeah. It gives it's kind of like the new Super Mario Brothers coins. And maybe it's a little bit more harder. Right. Actually. Huh. And then uh, what was the final score you gave it on Twinfinite? Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. That's okay. what I think oh, is four good out of five. Too, yeah. 4 out of 5. It's like 8 out of 10. You know, it didn't do anything crazy new, but it's gorgeous. The music is, is really good. Um, the multiplayer kind of sucked for me. Um, but oh, it's, like, it's got local multiplayer, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, so bad. It's bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the problem was. Like, why they decided to do this? But I, I played for like I played multiplayer for one round, for one level, and like if you accidentally lick up your like suck up, not suck, but, like you know you stick your tongue out. Yeah. And your partner gets inside of you. They lose all their eggs. Oh no. And then like if you jump on top of them, I think you lose their they lose their eggs too. And it happens so much because you guys are so close together, like jumping from platform to platform. And it's like. It was so right. aggravating, like super and, annoying. And that's, that's kind of how I dumb, feel yeah. about the that, that's how I feel about the multiplayer in New Super Mario Bros. Mario, yeah, it's, it's better. Just, it's worse than Mario. Like Mario, God. actually, you know, you won't you won't hurt each you other. You don't interact with each other unless you want to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, cool. And then we'll talk about uh, Sekiro here in a minute. But uh, Josh, okay. uh, talk to me about what you've been playing. Oh, besides, oh, I've been playing Sekiro. I mean, no. besides Yoshi. Yeah, besides Yoshi. No, but I was, I was saying, um, uh, Josh, why don't you talk to me about what Oh, you've sorry, been I didn't okay. hear you. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've been playing uh, Yoshi, of course, and I already kind of shared my thoughts before. Um, and they've remained that, you know, way. Still that 8 out of 10. It's, it's, it's fun for what it is vibe. Um, and then other than that... Um, that wasn't a typo on our show notes. I am playing the first division. I never got around to playing it. Um, and then two looked like really cool. I mean, the first one looked cool. I just was busy, you know? Yeah. And I was about to go buy two. Like, I was straight up like, I'm going to go buy it. But then I was like, I mean, I never played the first one. It's like $7 used. Right. I'll just go play that first. And I'm having fun with that so far. Um, not super surprised because, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm one of the reluctant, um, happy, but uh, almost consistently let down Destiny fans out there <laughs> yeah so uh to the point where the other day when i booted destiny up i said i need to update and i've got fast internet so it would have taken like less than a minute probably for me to do like the gig or so update but i was still like i just no i'm good i just uninstalled the game um, so uh, are you still finding are you still finding a community on the on the division even though it's a couple years old now yeah yeah and 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 i was i was wondering because i remember hearing mixed things when it first came out and then i looked it up and apparently they've done so many updates over the years that like the last year or two was like the prime time to jump in like it was apparently the game all the like you know they it's ubisoft they're, they're pretty good about yeah. doing that you know updating stuff from what i've read the updates have been very good for it so i mean that makes sense why things feel more balanced than i remember hearing and um, cause I had a friend that was playing it at launch and it sounded like, uh, kind of like a destiny player where they were like happy, but not happy, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, other than that, yeah. um, I, <laughs> another, uh, really huge game I've never, uh, played before was, uh, Borderlands. Um, my wife and I were going to oh. play the handsome Jack collection at some point. Um, when I, I picked that up to play with her and we just were like going to play that at some point. But then when they announced the, uh, game of the year edition, um, I decided like, well, let's 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 get that first and play that first, and then with the of course with three coming out soon, we decided let's just do it now. So we, we started playing uh, Borderlands one the other day, and it's it's really fun, and it's worth noting. Um, first person shooters are not my wife's favorite genre. Like she plays all kinds of uh, different games. Um, like she just finished Papers Please the other day and loved that. So I mean, she plays a pretty big variety of games. Just FPSs aren't usually her favorite thing, and like she's enjoying it just as much as me. And FPS are one of my favorite genres. So I think it's worth pointing out, like, the staying power of uh, not only an older, uh, you know, not old, but, you know, a, a shooter that came out a few years ago. And also just the the amount of variety in Borderlands, you know, for it to be fun for uh, both uh, kind of uh, sides of, like, eh, FPSs are okay and I love FPSs. The fact that it's appealing equally to both of us. One question I have for you is, does it hold up, like, the controls of the shooter? Because it's, yeah, it's I 10 think years so. up. Yeah. yeah, no, I think okay. it feels good. Um, I never played the original. At, I never played it at all. So um, I think it feels really good. Uh, it is worth noting. Um, I um, had actually almost bought the 360 version for us to play first because it is backwards compatible on Xbox right. One. The uh, But the main uh, reason I didn't is because the 360 version digitally, which I'm primarily digital on Xbox One, is uh, is 20 bucks, whereas this game of the year uh, remaster is 30 and all the DLCs included. And they also had some quality of life changes, which I, what I really wanted to mention too, in case anybody's like, well, I don't remember these things holding up well. I guess uh, the minimap wasn't always visible on the screen in the original right. version. Yeah, and, that was and one of the big there. changes. So um, that's nice. And then um, uh, loot automatically picks up now. I guess that wasn't always the case in one from what I read. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. like, uh, like, I mean, like guns and stuff you still have to pick up, but like ammo and like stuff like that. 
you know, like that stuff, you just walk by and pick it up. So I just want to bring yeah. that up in case you or anyone listening was like, oh, I don't remember these aging well. So they did do some quality of life changes to it. Um, in addition to it being at 60 frames now. And then also, um, I don't know the extent because I didn't want to look it up and have spoilers, but I guess they added some extra content too. I don't, from what I understand, it wasn't anything like too uh, mind blowing, but just kind of like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's like extra weapons or maybe some area. I don't know. Cosmetics like as well. They've added yeah. cosmetics to the game. Yeah, I had, from what I understand, yeah, they've added some extra stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, so far, it's it's a lot of fun, really enjoying it. Um, and I just think it's really worth pointing out, like, FPS is my wife's favorite genre. And, like, the other day, she actually was the first one to be like, hey, we're going to play some more Borderlands today. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's, That's it's so a cool. lot of fun, and we're looking forward cool. to jumping into two once we uh, awesome. finish it. So, yeah, definitely, if you haven't played Borderlands, like, it's, it's great. I've never played it before. I've got no mm-hmm. nostalgia for the series. It's fun. Cool. I might join the party um, on that one. Yeah, do it. It's great. <laughs> and Chris, what have you been playing? Um, yeah, this week's been a bit weird because I've been moving, um, but I was able to play a few games briefly. Uh, I played a Mega Man clone called Metagal because I saw it for cheap, for like five or six bucks. Yeah, and, and the, the idea list is easy. Oh, yeah. You can get I've already got the platinum. The <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Yeah, it's super easy. Like I think seventy-seven percent of people who've played the game have the platinum. That's how easy wow. it is. Um, but yeah, other than that, like it's a decent game. Um, it has a few issues, like bosses being insanely difficult to take out, or I'm being a complete idiot and missing something. But um, okay. it's definitely worth the price at five or six dollars. Um, I think the art style is really nice. Um, the level design is actually pretty good. Wow. Like, so it looks just like Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just like Mega Man. Yeah, um, I'd say it's it's going towards copyright infringement. Like, for example, when really? you're di- when, when you're dying, it looks exactly like Mega Man dying with the blue balls like fading away. Oh, that's in the cool. Distance. Yeah, I'm looking. And then I'm looking at an image right well. now. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at an image of a boss fight, and the only thing that looks different from Mega Man is the character itself, like the yeah. new character. But everything else exactly like frame for frame, like the bosses, mm-hmm. the the buildings, the HP, and the the special power you have too. It's just. But yeah. the biggest thing for me <laughs> is that I find the Mega Man games really hard to approach because of their difficulty, and I know that's a big thing right now with Sekiro. But for me, I I I'm I'm quite enjoying Metagal because it's hard, but it's approachable. So if you feel that way, maybe p- try this game out. Like it's broken in some places. Like I, I can't figure out how to get this boss, get kill this boss. But for five bucks, like why not? <laughs> so, so how did you get the platinum already without killing all the um, bosses? So it actually get this uh, gold trophy for just finishing the first uh, one level, and then once I finished the one level, I got the platinum. It's super easy. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, that, yeah. Hell? So, so you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are probably gonna buy it because just they the want platinum. The yeah, yeah, they want the platinum. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And what else have you been playing? Uh, Mark of the Ninja Remastered. I've never played. That's this a good game. game. Yeah, it's a, it's so good. Um, just like Metagal, it has uh, awesome art design. Um, Clay is known for its kind of like animated style, and this has. Um, an amazing look to it. It's like it's dark. It's kind of like a ninja game where you're you're stealth killing. You're trying to get through um, enemies um, in a slick way, and it, 
um, the level design is really solid as you try to distract um, your enemies with uh, flickering lights and all sorts of things. And with each level, it adds new elements. So that's that's a sign of a good game to me. So I haven't really got that far in. I'm only like two or three levels in, but I'm definitely going to continue keep to play it. I wanted to quickly cool. point out too. Uh, I don't know if this was on PlayStation and, and PC as well. I can't attest. Yes, it is. I would. Yeah, I played it, it on PS4. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, I mean, uh, on Xbox One, if you had purchased the 360 version years ago, you got the remaster for free. Like nice. that just showed up in my ready to install one day. So I'm, oh. I'm saying I don't know if that's if that also happened to their platforms. I would assume it probably did. But if you bought that back in the day, I would recommend checking because I, you know, I got the remaster for free because I purchased the, you know original that's so a great yeah point. check that out cool great and game chris are you playing anything else yeah so uh my roommates have a switch so i can now play switch games Woo! um oh so... awesome yes <laughs> <laughs> that's that's been a big thing over the last few weeks grace and like everyone's just feeling bad for me for not having a switch and oh, uh <laughs> first of all welcome to <laughs> the cult second of all yeah. on every single article you need to comment switch port please <laughs> yeah um yeah, yeah exactly. so uh, I played Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, I'm trying to unlock the characters on my own save. Um, but one thing that I really don't like is that I, I paid for the online for one month. And I'm having trouble connecting to games. Like, it takes me like 10 tries to actually connect to something. So, um, I don't know what that's about. But uh... Oh, Chris, so, if you have uh, Amazon Prime and you link your Twitch account, I don't know yeah. if this is just in the States or not, but you can get a free year of... Uh... I don't have it, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Grayson, Grayson, have you heard anything about that? About uh, Switch being hard to connect to the internet with the subscription um, service? I mean, I've I've played Smash Brothers online to people, and and most of the time it works without a hitch. Um, mm-hmm. I know the mm-hmm. farther that the people are you're playing with, the worse it gets. Huh. Right. Um, it's not optimized yeah, for that people well. in the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's optimized. It's optimized for like playing with people in the same country as you. The farther you go, it loses the quality. So maybe. Yeah, I, th- you, I think. I'm not sure. I think back when I was working at Twinfinite, I think we all played together, and it was fine from what I remember. But we're all pretty close to one another. Where you know the people yeah. were playing, but, but like, then I, but then I'll, I'll play with someone from Australia, or New Zealand, and play. And, yeah, no yeah. luck, really. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing people uh, talk about like region locking if you can, which you don't usually have to do on PlayStation and Xbox, but you know. Yeah. 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 Just play with people. Yeah, just play with people in your in your region. Right. So I forgot to include this one more game that I played. There's Tetris 99. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. good. But the players in that game were insane. Oh my god, I keep getting killed within the first one first minute. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I keep getting killed. (laughs) I think think the best place I got to was like, but it's great. I think I've so, I I got to like the 22nd place, and I was like the farthest I got. Oh, man, it's so hard. Cool. So um, let's finish up here. Um, so the only game I've been playing is Sekiro. So, um, Grayson, I know you've been playing it. Um, I wanted to just uh, have a little discussion about it because it's it's so fascinating, this game. So you say you're only maybe like five or ten hours in, right? Yeah, just yeah, pretty much. Okay, so talk to me about where you are right now. Like, what's the last boss you be, or like, you know, what have you been doing in the game, and and how you're liking it? Yeah, so I just um, like I said, I got past that snake part. Um, okay. Yeah, that part was really scary. It, I, I, but... I remember. I remember. I was like, you know, I'm not really crazy about yeah, snakes. Yeah, you know so, the uh, you know the part I'm talking about. I just yeah, was a very fascinating like moment in the yeah. game for me. Cool. Um, 
but I'm like in an area right after that, and and like I mentioned before to you guys, like this is my first time actually diving deep into a game like this, like a Soulsborne, a From Software game. Right, um, and I know, and, and I knew. Oh, sorry. I, I know you published that article on Twinfinite, um, saying you know that this is the first Soulsborne game you've liked, and yeah. I, I really I, I liked that article a lot because it it's just interesting to look at it from the perspective of somebody who isn't into all of these games, you know. Yeah. So if you guys are sort of in that uh, mindset too, I think checking out your article on Twinfinite yeah. is a good it's a good read. Yeah, thank you. I just I just familiarize familiarize myself with Dark Souls and Bloodborne it's just being like super heavy feeling and like just so hard or like you feel like you don't you can't even do anything to win to get past like these enemies mm-hmm. but Sekiro yeah. just, I, first of all you're a ninja like you're light as hell you can jump around you have a grappling hook like the, the traversal the tra- traversal the traversal is super fun Right. Yeah, it almost feels like Spider-Man or something. Yes, exactly. So what's really Um, interesting that you bring up is, you know, you were saying how in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you feel like you can't really progress or anything like that. And it's interesting because in those games, you can, like, grind for XP. And in Sekiro, you can't really do that. I mean... There's not really an XP system. It's it's more geared towards like your skills and stuff. So yes. it's not like a traditional game where you just okay, I'm having trouble on this part. I'll just level up my uh, health or level up my attack, and then I should be able to beat him. So I get your point, but it's just interesting that in a way, I feel like Dark Souls and Bloodborne are a little bit more like user friendly in that regard because if you're stuck, you could always just grind out and get more XP. Yeah. Whereas in Sekiro, you only get uh, a boost. <laughs> when you've defeated a boss um at yes. least in terms of, of attack so like you're you, you can never like over level yourself or anything like that no it's like you just have to be good like you have to just do the shit that the game wants you to do and that's like yeah so much fun for me like and even when i die over and over and over again like because you lose your skills you know most of your experience that you gain during that um run so whenever you die you're pretty much you're not get, getting anything out of it besides getting better at the game itself Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and so, I, every time I oh sorry, keep going. And, and so people always ask, they're like, you know, which is harder, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, or Sekiro? And I really still don't know because I feel I feel like <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, to explain. I, I feel like Dark Souls, like I don't know, um, yeah, it feels a little bit more clunky, and you don't have the advantage of like stealthing enemies as much. So, like, in that regard, yeah, it's Dark Souls and Bloodborne are a lot more difficult. But yeah. also in Sekiro, like I just mentioned, like, you can't over-level yourself. And yeah. you, the combat is, like, way more complicated in Sekiro. So you have to, you have to like, really master the combat. Like, and, you know, in, in Dark Souls, like, there are multiple builds you can use and magic yeah. and, like, all this different stuff. And in Sekiro, would you really, say, you just have your sword. Yeah, would you say that the checkpoint system in Sekiro is better than Dark Souls? Like, oh, is it more forgiving? Yes, absolutely. I think yes? the checkpoint okay. system That's awesome. is That's way better. The check, yeah, yeah, so, like, that also helps for newcomers because it, it feels really easy. When I die, I don't, I don't get super angry because I know I'm going to get right back into it, like, in just yeah. a minute or two. Just like Hotline Miami or Celeste or a game yeah. that brings you right back. Exactly. It doesn't bring you um, right right back to where you were, but it, it gives you, it's, like, you can, you, can, you can revive yourself, like, multiple times and you, oh right and yeah you, we haven't even talked about that yeah like you can revive yeah. yourself uh depending on how far you're on the game and what items you have and stuff you can revive yourself you know multiple times uh yeah yeah but in terms of the checkpoint system yeah like there are bosses where you know in the dark souls games like you have to like it, if you die on a boss you're like god i don't even want to go back there because it's it's such a long yeah, journey 
And so in Sekiro, yeah, it spawn, it's usually spawns you like right next to the boss. So that's an awesome thing. Very uh, forgiving. Like yeah. the game just really wants you to master the, that pairing system. And when you don't, when you, when you when you don't do that, they punish you. Like you're gonna die. Yeah. If so you don't, I think like, parry. maybe after this discussion, maybe yeah, Sekiro is harder. Um, I think it is so because I, I I think the combat is like. It's way more complicated, and you have to master it to, to get good. And in the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and stuff, you can always, like, summon somebody to help you. So wow. there's that, too. Sekiro is all single-player. And you have so, the multiplayer yeah. to help you out, too, that people leave you notes. Um, yeah, exactly. Because Dark, so, Dark Souls is a little bit more obscure, I mm-hmm, feel like. Mm-hmm. This yeah, conversation is just further proof that, like, from software is not just, like, copy-paste. Like, oh, we're doing the same no. thing again. Like, they, they have a lot of Amazing. variety and diversity in this genre they've kind of created, you know? Right. That's a great point. I often hear people who, like, maybe aren't as familiar with any of their games to just be like, oh, okay, Sekiro's just Ninja Dark Souls. Okay, cool. It's, yeah, just and do it's the like, same thing. no. And no, not at all. I mean, yeah, there's, like, fast-paced combat, and, you know, it's very skill-oriented, but really... Oh, it's, no. it's like it's like they made a game that's somehow easy like it's more accessible than dark souls but it's also harder to like master it, it's almost like um like when you die in Sekiro, you have someone behind you kind of like pushing you back in the ring like hey get back out there try yeah. again yeah that's like, you a got great this, analogy you got this. when dark souls you die they're just like fuck you like you <laughs> yeah suck. i mean you especially suck. it comes up this. it comes <laughs> up you died it's like taunting you you know yeah. So, yeah, I think right. it, I think it says that in Sekiro too. But does it say? Um, I, I I don't know. I don't die very something much. Something called <laughs> <the best>. something, <laughs> um, No, I'm kidding. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I've seen that. You're like, like, oh, I don't know. It's weird. Right Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know. So um, I, I know actually, I'm, and I'm so sorry. Um. Oh no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good. I was just gonna say, like, I'm just glad that from software has. I, I'm glad I finally like a game that they've developed because I'm. It's, it's another developer that I'm excited about. Another developer mm-hmm. that I'm excited to see like what's coming up next from them and. Right. You know, I, I have another entryway into this, uh, this, this like genre. You know. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? Do you think if you if you come out and like finish Sekiro and sort of master it, do you think that will motivate you to get back and try some of the Souls games again? Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, maybe Bloodborne, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Bloodborne, but... I think is is probably the most similar to it, just because of the fast paced mm-hmm. nature of it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, I think Bloodborne would be a good one to return to. Yeah, um, after I hate Sekiro. clunky. I hate clunky feeling combat. So like dark, just watching someone play Dark Souls, I'm just like, oh god, is this is. Well, <laughs> if you use the build I, I use, where I run around naked all the time, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit more fast paced. But yeah, I get, I yeah. get your point. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but so, I, I'm, I'm loving the game. Yeah, I'm yeah. really liking it. Um, I just finished it uh, recently, and I'm going for the platinum. Um, and yeah. it's really, it's really tough. There are some bosses there that, oh man, I was like racking my brains trying to beat them. So yeah, very interesting stuff. And I don't want to get into the whole like accessibility thing because I just that's like a messy, oh, yeah. that's a messy yeah. thing that I just uh, you know make it easier. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I'm very yeah, conflicted it's, it's on how I feel. Give me the option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so cool. So, um, awesome. Any any uh, final thoughts on Sekiro, Grayson, or if anybody else wanted to say anything about Sekiro? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, 
Cool. And then, so I thought I thought someone was gonna. Say no, 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 it's okay. Um, awesome. So yeah, that, that that's a fascinating discussion on that. And then it was really cool to hear like you know about all those games you played at PAX and everything like that. So um, yeah, I look forward to E3, and I hope we can hang out there and you know cover as much as we can while we're there because it's so crazy. I don't yeah, know. for sure. I don't know yeah, if any of busy, very busy for me, but hopefully I can find free time. Yeah, exactly. All right, awesome. So that has been uh, episode uh, seventeen of Act. Quest. Thank you everybody for joining us and Grayson, thank you so much again for uh, for joining us on this episode. Yeah, it was really fun, about. dude. Awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for uh, having me. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have to have you on again sometime uh, in the future. Maybe, maybe after E3. Yeah. yeah, or maybe after. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. A post-E3. Yeah. That would be a, a post-E3 episode. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> so um, let's go around and just give our Twitter handles, things like that. Um, uh, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter, and I have three new features on PlayStation Lifestyle. I have PS4 exclusive with uh, PS4 exclusives uh, we'd like to see on the Nintendo Switch. It was like an April Fool's joke. Uh, PlayStation Lifestyle was Bowser Lifestyle for like a, a morning. <laughs> so <that was> fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And then um, any other features you want to plug? Yeah, uh, seven best PS4 free to play games you won't be able to stop playing. And also, I'm very happy with this one. Um, PlayStation Lifestyle has a series called Our Favorite Characters, and I finally was able to talk Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so um, I talked about <laughs> why Sora is a standout character in gaming. So um, yeah, please feel free to read those. It'd be great. Cool. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Mr. Josh Nichols, uh, where I discuss uh, video games and my love of alcohol and cats. And uh, <laughs> lately, I've been kind of busy doing uh, gym stuff, so I've been on Twitch as often as I'd like to be. But I'm on Twitch, Jerkjer77. And then you can also find me sitting in my game room, wishing everyone would play Bioshock Two. Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> and <that? laughs> yeah, never. Heard. Uh, cool. And then uh, Grayson, where can people find you on the internet? Um, so my Twitter handle is Grayson underscore Morales. Um, and you could also find me on, on Twinfinite. Um, I just put up that feature that you just mentioned about um, Sekiro. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check that out. It's a really cool good read. read. It's yeah, a great read. Especially if you're someone... Yeah, yeah you're probably exactly. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, if you're someone who is sort of you know on the fence or whatever about uh, exactly. those kind of games. Yeah. Cool. Are there any um, other projects you're working on right now? Uh, I don't know. I, I just put out a... Best JRPGs on 3DS uh, list that people can check out. Um, and also cool. talking about the Epic Game Store the other day with all the Borderlands mess, I wrote up a feature on the best Epic Game Store exclusives that uh, make the, the client worth downloading, pretty much. Cool. Uh, since everyone was right. talking crap about Epic, so I was like, hey, let me make a good feature. About, like, hey, Epic actually has some awesome games. So yeah, that's interesting, yeah. <laughs> Cool, yeah. and then you can find me uh, on Twitter at Joseph Yaden. Um, I don't have anything in the works that I can talk about right now because I, I think I'm under embargo for one thing, and then I think there's another weird thing that I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about. But I just just know that I do have some some pieces coming in the future that uh, are hopefully going to be awesome. I don't believe so, you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So yeah. So look forward to that. So cool. This has been episode uh, 17. Thank you again, everybody, and take care. Bye. Thank you.
thank you everybody for listening to Active Quest. I just wanted to let everybody know that we are now on iTunes. Just search for Active Quest and you'll be able to find us there. Just remember that leaving five-star reviews is super helpful with the iTunes algorithm and it helps us get discovered and find new listeners, so we would appreciate that as well. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, Chris Penwell and Josh Nichols, for being awesome on the show and for editing the podcast as well. And of course, the listeners. You guys rock. I really appreciate all of you. I know there are a lot of video game podcasts out there, so it means a lot for you to give us a try. Thanks again, everybody. Take care.